Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the Mechanical Keyboard Community, proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. And Kibio, the place for split keyboards. Brought to you today from Sydney, Australia and some undisclosed location in Southeast Asia. Yeah. (laughs) Good evening, Kevin. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing terrible today, so... uh... It's great to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, not to to gross people out, but I kind of just spent 20 minutes in the bathroom before I came out to start recording this episode, so I'm having a bit of a, a gastro kind of episode i have a a sore throat i have a running nose everyone in my family is kind of sick at the moment it is pretty much in the height of winter right now the other day it got to like and this is sydney by the way so you know a coastal location it was minus 1.4 degrees minus so it was below freezing it was below freezing at like 6 29 a.m that's one particular day this week gone by. So. That's particularly cold for what I'd expect in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is actually, it has been quite cold. So, and on Friday, it was actually really, really windy too. So, the weather's been uh, throwing some, some really good curveballs. But how about you and where you are in the southern, sorry, in the northern hemisphere, as it were? Mm, it's pretty hot. <laughs> Like always, <laughs> um, I did, as far as things I've been up to, I bought a Seiko SKX-013, if anybody is a watch lover, so that that was my recent purchase, and I got hit with, like, import fees, and it was, like, my, my first online purchase outside of the U.S., and... You know, I feel the pain. I I understand what you all experience with that. So wait, so where did you buy it from? I bought it from Japan. Oh, okay. So you didn't? I thought you bought it locally. No, I I, I bought it from like a official Seiko retailer in Japan. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, I I never I was I'll. Like, people always complain about import stuff. Like, the people in the UK and the EU, they always complain that they have to pay extra. And then I always tell them to deal with it because they get health care and stuff. But, no, I feel you. How much did you actually end up paying as your additional tax? The SKX was like $180 for the watch. And then I had to pay, like, an additional... $30. Wow, that's really high. Yeah, it's brutal. That's Um, what? Uh, $30. That's like almost 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Like for us in Australia, we have GST, which is a goods and services tax, but it's a flat 10%. So our import tax is 10%, full stop. Unless if it's very special categories like alcohol and tobacco. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, in that in that context, at least, it's relatively easy to calculate because you know if it's over... Well, actually, now they've changed it, but uh, it used to be if it was over $1,000, you get hit for that 10%. But now, Australians are still really confused because 
they've introduced this new tax law where businesses overseas who do more than $75,000 turnover that sell to Australians have to collect on the Australian government's behalf, but they have to register. But if they don't register, then they're not going to charge it and the government won't know, so they're still not going to collect it if it's under $1,000. But if it's over $1,000, the Australian government will collect it at the border. It's, it's so confusing for so many things and so many people and a lot of vendors are just like, whatever, don't care, not my problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to really play out over the long term but it was really something that the local big businesses in Australia were pushing because they were trying to essentially cut off international competition and it's naturally upset a lot of people locally here because well they now have to pay more for goods that we know we're getting price gouged for here in Australia in any yeah. case I'm I'm glad you at least experienced some of our uh, indignities now. <laughs> and I've also I've also been working on the level quite a bit, and I think I've locked down a, a first design for the prototype. And I was thinking, I could if, if there's interest, I could totally do like a live commentary, just quickly designing a keyboard and a case, and show people how I do it. I'm pretty lazy with my design, and I just do it for fun. So there's like some quirks to how I do it that people who like optimize their boards perfectly might not do. But if it could be, it could be interesting for some people. I use a program called Rhinoceros 3D, which nobody um, calls it Rhinoceros 3D. Everyone just calls it Rhino. Come on. Okay. Yeah, I use RhinoCAD. And I'm I'm not like particularly good with it, but I I've made enough keyboards that I could just I could do a unique design and with with some commentary for in I don't know 30 minutes or something. And I probably I could do like a screen cap voiceover thing. It might be cool. So if anybody's interested in that, give Dawn and I feedback. Yeah, for sure. It'd be great because then, you know, when I actually have money to splurge on Getting my uh, split PCB fabbed. I'll need a case for it. <laughs> yeah. I'll whenever, be, whenever that happens. I'll be. I will be there to help. Cool. Well, let's roll into it. This week we've actually got a lot of items, but some of them are really more of a, a touch point and announcement than anything else. So, first, I want to say as a follow-up i've had a couple of people actually mention and tell me about this after they listened to last week's episode and i had asked a question about why is it called the mercury rocketeer when the actual brand of the typewriter was the hermes rocket and the thing that people had told me from a couple of different sources was that it's actually so they probably weren't going to get a trademark infringement and get sued or something like that And it's really a play because Mercury is the Roman name for the Greek god Hermes. So, you know, like Zeus and Apollo and stuff like that. So Mercury and Hermes and, of course, Rocket, Rocketeer. So the Mercury Rocketeer is like a way of getting around the legality of knocking off something (laughs) with with enough of a stretch that you can say it's inspiration without getting yourself into a pickle. So thanks very much for everyone who sort of, you know, passed that info down to me and and let me know because I asked the question and it's fantastic that everyone's responding and uh, getting involved. 
yeah, if you if you want to copyright something, or if you want to copy something without hitting copyright problems, just change it to the next civilization's god, <laughs> corresponding god. Oh, like what's what's the uh, Aztecian equivalent of Hermes? I don't know. We're gonna have to ask Dominic because he seems to be the resident master of mythology. <laughs> Uh, now, the next kind of announcement, since we're just going to breeze through some announcement, is that uh, our friend Alex from Alex at Pank has launched a new store. So Alex has been involved with things like the Seabright and Minorca handwire kits. He's done the uh, campaign, and recently he was part of the proxy and launch for GMK Tarot. Now on his website... He's also got a store page to help him along move the things that he's designed and developed and he worked with as well. So you can check that out, which is store.pank.co. So that's HTTPS colon slash slash store.pank.co. And uh, you'll be able to grab some goodies there if uh, you like what you see. Yeah, so, I love yeah. I love Alex. <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. So. He's fantastic. I mean, him and Evan pretty much pioneered the forty percent movement right now. And I guess while we're talking about the forty percent movement, what do you think? Should we talk about it? Yeah, we should. First, we're gonna we're gonna um, reverse. What is it? Reverse mention the topic. That was Pank Interactive's <laughs> new storefront. Thank you. And now we're going to be moving on to the next topic. I Look, I saw the message and I don't know. I, I think if you were listening to the episode and paying attention, back announcing probably wasn't absolutely necessary, but Kevin said he'll take it on and he'll do it. So uh, I'll leave it to do him. it live. <laughs> wait one other thing this is this is like my musing I, I thought it was really interesting that every time we start an episode we have no idea like what we're gonna say and then we fill it up with like an hour of talking but every time we're just starting with like a blank slate of topics and we somehow say things in a certain way it's really interesting that um like we start with nothing and then we create an hour of content. Uh, yeah, it's just like I was like, whoa, like at the beginning. But there's... you know <laughs> What are you smoking? Come on. <laughs> are, are you having like some kind of local mushrooms happening there? Um <laughs> But but this is the thing, right? What we mm-hmm. do here as as much fun as it is talking, it's very organic and I think that's part of what makes this kind of medium so much fun it's it's unscripted and we can really just free flow from thing to thing and bounce around and even if we don't hit everything on our topics list which happens quite often it's perfectly fine because that means we've actually got stuff to say regardless of what the topic actually is so yeah 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 now, of course, that was just uh, one little piggy and two little piggy in case the microphone actually picked it up, courtesy of my little girl who's staring at me right now because mommy turned her toy off. <laughs> All right. So, 
40%. What's happening in the 40% space, Kevin? Well, the Kumo Kickstarter is live, which is a 40% keyboard project by the Van Keyboards. So this is and- a, this is like the keyboard team that includes Evan and Two ZQQ is officially part of the squad, right? They're like a yes, that's brothers right. in crime. They're hilarious. Crime, crime's a crime's an interesting way of uh, describing it. <laughs> They're very funny. Two ZQQ is hilarious. So tell me, what is so special or different about the Kumo? Um, it's uh, there's a lot that's special about it. Uh, okay, so. Well, I guess I'll start with the features of it. It's a 40%. It has a hot swappable PCB. It comes with an injection molded low profile case that I am obsessed with. I think the case, it's its like the regular minivan cases, but it's plastic. And I was always a really big fan of the original minivan cases because they're they are flat. And that's my thats my style. <laughs> so, so before we sort of get further to that though Mm -hmm. you said it's hot swappable but more specifically it's kale hot swaps not hold tight hot swaps Mm -hmm. yeah so so that's that's actually i want to mention that because that's actually really important in that the choice and use of different hold tights has been previously an issue because if you got certain ones certain pins were either too tight or too loose and it was actually dependent on what switches you were planning to use so they have chosen to go with what appears to be the kale hot swap sockets which is pretty much universal for any flat pin type of mx switches Mm -hmm. which is really great yeah and it's um it's fully programmable it's hot swappable with with as you mentioned the kale sockets which you can assemble it with no soldering which is cool it's like easy bake oven style. <laughs> There's multiple layout options, which are easy to change because you don't need to solder if you want to mess around with different, different um, like bottom rows or. And with the forty percent like this, you're probably going to be messing around with a few different layouts. And it has some custom LEDs. Is that that's that's it? That's that's all hmm. about um, this particular keyboard. It comes with keycaps, which I really like. I think that the keycaps are a really cool style. Um, what so, what else do you have to add? So so here's here's the thing, right? If you read the comments, this is where it gets really really interesting. Because I was kind of excited when I looked at it, mm-hmm. and then I went, wait, what? And then I looked at the comments, and it kind of made perfect sense. These keycaps that come with it, besides the fact that they are actually PBT, which is really great, have the same modified legend scheme as Hub. Mm-hmm. But it's not the Hub profile, which is a bit, you know, it's exciting and not exciting all at the same time. Uh, it's actually, I think, XDA? Yeah, something it looks like, that. like it, and it's PBT, yeah. so I'm going to guess it's XDA. Yeah, it's low. It's it's low, flat profile uniform across the row. So it's it's XDA, but it kind of gave a little glimmer of hope that oh well they were going to do hub with this, but unfortunately not. But I do like the fact that they've gone with that Japanese 
dual legend. So mm. it's actually got, you know, alpha legends with the hiragana underneath it, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I've like I've always had a thing for dual legends since like I started. I was like I I need a board with dual legends cuz it's so cool. <laughs> so cultural even if i uh, wouldn't use it at all and uh, now, oh the, the other thing to mention is there is a, people were talking about how because there's no plate option for it that you're limited on switch choices but they included a plate option for 12 dollars or something something like that yeah that's so right. now that's like that's the final thing that got a lot of people to jump onto it and at this point, I'll, I'll this is a little timestamp for our podcast, but it's at forty seven thousand dollars of eighty five thousand. Yeah, and there's three hundred and forty five backers now. Your options is either make a pledge without a reward or buy a keyboard. So there's been three hundred and forty five of these keyboards pledged, which is absolutely amazing, and that's like in three days. So hopefully, with twenty seven days to go at the moment. They're going to hit that goal and just absolutely smack it, which would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'm i like, it. it's so cool to be able to talk about how you made an $85,000 goal with your keyboard design. That's like insane. So even though, for example, the hub had to be put on hold and that was 500000 400000 It was 500000 Yeah, <laughs> yeah like half it's like... It's not like he like <laughs> lost that and then didn't get back up afterwards. Now he's hitting. He's probably going to be hitting a eighty-five thousand dollar goal and probably surpassing it too. So, so it was hinted that the success of Kumo would help drive the launch activities for the hub. Because the injection molding company that is actually doing this low-profile case is actually the same company that they plan to use for Hub. So I think this is actually a really smart sort of plan of attack in engaging that company and not letting them cool off and saying, hey guys, we got you guys all worked up and got all these quotes and you know this, that, and the other about tooling for these keycaps and then going, oh, mate, our Kickstarter didn't happen, so too bad. Well, we might see you in you know, 9, 12 months later. But instead going, hey, you know what? Let's keep at it. And we've got another product in the pipeline that we'd like to work with you. Let's make this case so we can see how your production is. We can see the quality. We can see you know, how they were claiming zero waste practically because everything was automated. You know, mm-hmm. it, This is a perfect way of running the gauntlet with this injection company to find out if all those promises they made can be done on something relatively simple, which is case you know it's it's a one piece item as it were um and yeah the results should really come out soon i suppose once this kickstarter is successful on how well their business interaction their b2b their business to business occurs and if the relationship blossoms and they can move forward and go into the hub activity even better so yeah, best it's... best of luck to you, Evan, um, and to ZQQ, everybody who's also hanging out for this particular keyboard. Yeah, good luck. I love you guys. <laughs> and that was the Kumo <laughs> Compact Mechanical Keyboard by the Van Keyboards. Good job. Now, 
one of our listeners actually, and I know you wanted to talk about this as well a couple of weeks back, put in a link and was like, can you please talk about DSA Milkshake? <laughs> Gotta talk about DSA Milkshake. So, Kevin, what is it about DSA Milkshake that you wanted to talk about all those weeks ago? I, honestly... Like, the reason why I wanted to talk about DSA Milkshake is because we haven't talked about, like, a key set <laughs> interest check in forever. It's, it's been, like, except a few big ones. We've kind of, like, been been passing on a lot of these interest checks for pretty boring key sets. And this one's definitely boring. But I don't know. I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we also didn't have a lot of topics that that week and you know what when life gives you milk make dsa milkshakes so you know i I generally don't get terribly excited about interest checks and, and key sets right so when i when i did see this it was just like uh, and and even now, still looking back at this and, and reviewing the actual buy because it's now gone live, it's no longer an interest check. What is kind of running through my mind is it is, to be honest, still kind of boring. Now, I yeah, <laughs> it's boring. It's like now, look, quartz with like the, a few different colors. There's There's a lot of people who've been involved with this, okay? And when I say a lot of people, you know, special thanks have been given to Oblotsky, Candy Keys, Novel Keys, Z Frontier, uh, Gas Egg, Dodo, Slick, Orion, and, and others. So there's heaps of people who are experienced in running group buys as well as designing key sets that are involved. But to me, when I look at the render and I look at the actual keys, it just doesn't have a terribly standout feature. It has a feel like somebody's just taken a white DSA alpha set and they've gone into the paint palette wheel and they've just gone, hey, I like that color. Uh, I'm going to click it there. Unlike a lot of other key sets, it lacks cohesion. Do you, do you like, does that make sense to you, hmm. Kevin? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's well, like you know quartz. How, like, it's it looks exactly like quartz. <laughs> but like typically, you have, you know, mods a particular color, or they might be alternating, or you know, there's a couple of like sub themes happening in here. This set doesn't even get that feel. Like I'm looking at some of these, and some of the mods have colors, others of the mods are just plain white, and you know, they've got some novelties and whatnot. And that's fine, but. And I, and I don't even mind the weirdo font that they've used for the mods and the weirdo alpha set either. That's perfectly fine. It's just the color choices, while they're nice colors, pastel colors, just the the limited, I suppose, number and placement in, in the renders don't really appeal to me. I mean, everyone naturally has their own taste and opinions, so I wouldn't expect everyone to love this either. But for me... It's it's a straight up pass until at least somebody puts it up in reality in perhaps a different keyboard and it actually looks really nice. So 
good luck for the buy. Anybody who's interested in DSA Milkshake, of course, please don't let my opinions get in your way. But it's just something to think about and look at because I know a lot of people get FOMO about it, you know, the fear of missing out, and they jump on it or the renders look really nice and they do get disappointed. Then, of course, they have to flip it, which is fine for the market. But at the same time, objectively look at this and go, am I jumping in because there's all the massive, massive amount of hype or do I really absolutely love this set and design? So Yeah, another, I just like to save it. The way that I see this being like a worthwhile experience is like if I had a dream key set and I wanted it, I would try to do it as a group buy. So maybe in a way he's making something that he wants and like it's it's close to other designs but it's not exactly like them and him just fulfilling that that that's how i see like this set being totally worthwhile as if this is exactly what he's always wanted which well, is something kind of like what I would you've like done with do the also. level right yeah yeah which yeah which is why that's pretty pretty like somebody could totally say the same thing about my keyboard designs well but, but you're wrong. Is, but but the difference is when you launched the level, you paid for it primarily up front. You I paid for everything. Yeah. You weren't relying on others to come on board and make a pledge and commitment because you were just going to do it anyway since that's what you wanted. That's what your design was and that's what you desired. So mm -hmm. that's where it's a little bit different. But I, I want to finish off on DSA Milkshake with a question to you. What fruit is going to give me a milkshake the color of teal? What fruit is going to give you a milkshake the color of teal? Well, Don, <laughs> it's probably artificial coloring. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the colors. Red, okay. Strawberries, yellow, okay. Bananas. Blue, I don't know. Purple, taro, taro milkshake. You know, I suppose that makes perfect sense. Sweet potato. <laughs> Sweet potato, that's fine, right? But like teal, it's like a... If it was green, yeah, you could say maybe like green apple or something, right? But kiwi or, you know, like teal. Ju juicy fruit. <laughs> Is it? It's it's a AMF. <laughs> That uh, do you know what do you know what an AMF is the drink? No, I don't. It's like um, a lot of alcohol. It's like a super strong drink, and the, what it stands for, I can't really say. Probably, <laughs> but if you're interested, feel free to look it up. And it's that it's yeah. it is milkshake. It's it maybe that's part of it. It's not just milkshakes. It's milkshakes and let's party. <laughs> All right. Well, that was. DSA milkshake. Hey. A strong topic for this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, while, while we're having a, a quick mental breather and clearing out the taste of, you know, artificial spearmint or something like that from our milkshakes, I do have another announcement and I want to be fully transparent about this in that I was a beta tester for this and the... Kibio monthly competition was not run for the purpose of this. Okay, I, I want to make it 
very clear that when I asked for people to put in submissions for the July keyboard competition about what they would like to see from an ideal keyboard community website, this was not driven for that purpose. Now, what I'm talking about is there's been a launch of another mechanical keyboard community forum, and it's called TypeHype. Now, TypeHype is a two-person show in that one of them is an Australian, TC, who I've met before. He's come down to Sydney for Sydney meetups, and another person who I don't know. And the two of them are actually experienced from the Omega Watch Forum, and they are quite involved over there. And when the whole geek hack situation was occurring and the mystery buyer and whatnot, TC and uh, DSAIO, DSAO, I don't even know how it's meant to be pronounced, but they were like, you know what, let's launch our own. And they've got a lot of experience in design and programming and everything, and they've already got the server, I suppose, capacity and hardware, and they went to work straight away. Now, when we came up with our Kibio competition, I wasn't actually involved with the stuff that was happening on TypeHype. But it was like a week and a bit after that TC was like, hey, guys, you know, and it was a select invite. We're going to launch another website. Do you want to get involved in providing us feedback and stuff like that? And I was like, you know what? This is actually a really perfect example where I was already collecting this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, these are some of the things that people are interested in having. Okay. So I want to make it very clear that this was not done in any way to drive the creation of type hype but it's feedback that I've been openly providing because you guys have said to us here at the board podcast this is stuff that you'd like to have and I'm still going to read out these suggestions anyway at the end of the month and obviously you know keep talk and the team over there have already got their own ideas about what they want to drive in their features and of course so do the team at type hype but type hype is now running it's open for everybody and anybody out there in the community, regardless of what you might hear about. It is not, and I repeat, it is not an Australian-only keyboard forum. The only reason why some people got that uh, misconception was because it was soft-launched to the Australian Discord community for the purposes of testing server load and functionality and bug fixing and so on and so forth. Okay, so You have to speak Australian to attend this forum. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike the Australian Discord, there is no verification process required, right? Because on the Australian Discord, you have to post a picture of your keyboard um, plus something that proves that you're actually in Australia. <laughs> Wait, so you have to? You, you can't join that Discord without being in Australia? Yeah, and we've had people from overseas try to sneak in and there was a little bit of a scandal and they... Some people who got in actually ended up getting booted because it was discovered that they weren't actually in Australia. This is fantastic. This is going to be my new hobby is trying to sneak in. You don't You don't need to be Australian. You just need to be in Australia. So the most common way is people will use certain ID and items and things like that that demonstrate that they are actually in Australia, that they live in Australia. So My name is Quigley and I'm down under. <laughs> but please... Head over and check out typehype.net, okay? 
Of course, there's no obligations to stay. You don't even have to register. But if you like what you see, then please, by all means, hang out because it increases our community to even more places with different peoples, different vibes, different, you know, feel about the place like Marbo. Now, we've now got obviously Reddit. Geek Hack is still up and running. There's still Death Authority. Now there's also Keep Talk and the new kid on the block, Type Hive. Woo! Okay, so that was announcing Type Hive. Radio. All right. You know, it's really funny. We're about halfway through the episode and we are nowhere near half of the stuff that we could be talking about. Not with that <laughs> attitude. Let's go. Burn it. Um, do we want to talk competitions? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also got a, a guessing game for you. I don't because I haven't been well and I actually completely forgot about it, so my apologies. It's like, the, the, this This is what gets me through the week, just so you <laughs> what, know. Knowing that you're going to beat me in the guessing game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what I... This are you is still, everything. Are you still burning from last week? Uh, no. You know what? I'm still riding off the hype of my, like, uh, Hail Mary mass drop guess. <laughs> All right. Well, as long as you enjoy it, then that's fine. All right. Well, let's go with the guessing game before we get into the Idea 23 cap for this week. All right. All right, Don. You ready? Hit it. This is an online discussion forum <laughs> and community for keyboards. If something hasn't been so topical, <laughs> please don't say it's Cape Town. It is. It is not Cape Town. All right. This Four was points. founded founded in two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. crap i mean i was only looking at the stuff from geek hack the other week and i want to say geek hack it is geek hack yeah i I made this before the geek hack sale started did you actually like three weeks ago and i've been waiting because it's like (laughs) i can't use it now the drama is ruining my guessing games. No, well, you could have let it stew until it all settled and died down and then throw it out. I think the the problem with this one specifically, this topic specifically, is there there isn't even five forums. So you're well, guaranteed a good shot every Reddit, time you guess. Geek Hack, Desk Authority. Well, Reddit, well, Geek Hack, Desk Authority, Keep Town, and t- Type Hype. Well, would you count Key Chatter though? Key Chatter is not really a forum, right? Yeah, it's it's a blog. So uh, yeah, no. But then, what about like the the Asian ones, right? Isn't there like the uh... no? <laughs> there not is. That I know them, but all, I, I don't. I don't know <laughs> anything about. There is definitely a Chinese one. There's a Chinese one. There's like a Korean one, and I think there's like a. Philippine or oh. a Singaporean one, isn't there? There, there is definitely a Korean one. I've looked through that. That's the one where Duck has a lot of his information. And gone, right? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Gone has his stuff there. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh well. Anyway, well, that was short lived. Wait, 
I got more. I got more clues now. Oh yeah, for for three points. For three points, when this site was taken down once by a rootworm, a refugee camp was created on another forum for members. <laughs> the, the founder of this site is named IMAP, and it's the second largest mechanical keyboard forum in the entire world. Now, when you say largest forum, are you talking about Reddit? Yes. But would you count Reddit as a forum, though? Totally. All right. Because it's because <laughs> it's not really like it functions slightly differently to a forum. So, like, I mean, I use that term for it anyway. But at the same time, I would understand if people would say it's not a forum. And because in some technical aspects, it's not. So, but anyway, shall we move on to idea 23? Let's do it. So last week we said to you, because of uh, some tattoo shenanigans, someone having an MX style switch put onto their ankle, what would you get tattooed or what tattoo do you already have? And... I've actually got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine responses, which is really fantastic. Now, I'm not going to name the names or anything like that, but give me a number between one to nine, Kevin. Um, seven, because it rhymes with Kevin. All right. So, in first to last order, it was Robert, Pim, Kim... Chris, Taz, Taylor, Bram is number seven. And then eight is Bart and nine is Joseph. So, Bram, congratulations. I'm going to grab your details. Bram Stark? (laughs) Well, definitely not Bram Stoker. (laughs) Otherwise, that would be kind of scary. Um, Now, so let's pop through and have a quick look at what people said they would get. So, Robert said that they would get a gun against the head, a small cartoon character, Gur from Invader Zim, for instance. Never seen it, but I do know of it, so something different. Pim says, first tattoo would be something from Calvin and Hobbes, and and I love that. Calvin and Hobbes is absolutely awesome. Uh, Kim says that they don't have any tattoos, but they probably get a sacred geometry and fractals so if they were going to get anything permanently inked then they'd probably start with a dragon curve and then might go for some other fractals Uh, other things that they might get but they're kind of waiting about is possibly a tattoo in the shape of a ring next to his ring finger with an infinity and a heart to symbolize polyamory so uh yeah Now, Chris says, he's got a couple of tattoos already. Favorite would be a forearm piece, which is Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic. Uh, And it was done in homage to his wife, which was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, so Buffy, you know what? Have you watched any Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I have not. You have not? Neither have I. So, at least we've kind of got that in common because I have absolutely no idea who Willow is from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
My apologies, Chris. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> he does say something really interesting, which is that tattoos are a snapshot, a reminder of what you felt and uh, where you were in life. So, he, his advice is don't worry about hating it or regretting it because, you know, obviously if a tattoo is the worst regret that you have in life, then you're definitely ahead of the game. And that is very much well said. Because, you know, for me, if I was to tattoo something, it would definitely have meaning. And regardless of where I'm at afterwards, at that point in time, it still had meaning. So it really should still have meaning. Might be a different meaning, but still a meaning. Um, so thank you very much for showing that. Taz says it would be a portal from the game portal. Bit geeky, but still cool at the same time. Taylor says he would want his daughter's name in an Ilian script. I didn't even know what Ilian was, and I had a look at it, and it's it's like squiggly, wavy lines of sorts, which was cool, different. So you know, learn something new. Actually, do you know what Ilian script is? Um, dude, I'm trying to Google it right now, and I can't even spell it. <laughs> so no, I absolutely have no idea. <laughs> Hang on, I'll chuck it into uh, the the channel, and you can see. So that is actually Taylor's daughter's name in Ilian. I was like. What? <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely it's oh. definitely very different. Oh, wait, so is it top one alien or the bottom? I actually don't know. I don't even know where it comes from. But uh there's actually a subreddit for it. Uh wow. hang on. The the subreddit is that I probably should have spent a bit of time in looking at it, but um yeah. Elian, aliens. I know, right? So, um, Bram's entry is getting a tattoo of his dog. He's now at the age of 15, notably a senior, trouble getting up and moving around and whatnot. Um, we've always been people who like to live in the moment instead of worrying about taking off pictures, which means we don't really have much pictures of a member of a family and this is close to his end which kind of hurts so if he was to get a tattoo right here now then it would be of his sweet dog who he grew up with so you know what that's that's really heartfelt and i kind of know what you mean and i guess that's also why a lot of people will tend to get tattoos of, of family members as well um or you know loved ones who've passed away simply that they're going to be there as a constant reminder and close to them as well so yeah, that's why I'm gonna get Don's name. Man, if you get my name, there is something seriously wrong with you. <laughs> Always be close to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Bart says that he'd probably get a Triforce, which is you know that's cool. It's geeky. Uh, it's quite popular, I would say. And Joseph said that he would get a tattoo of their family emblem which is an eight-pointed star that looks like a compass rose and in their family it represents the north star which is steady and constant and also symbolizes their love of adventuring and the outdoors so i think that's actually really cool i love the fact that their family has an emblem it's it's not quite like a family crest or you know um a hereditary seal or anything like that but an emblem it's very modern and i think that's really really cool now it makes me think about what 
if my family had an emblem, what it would be? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, thank you very much to everybody who sent in those tattoo ideas and, you know, obviously things that were very close to the heart there as well. And congratulations, Bram. I'll grab your details and that Idea 23 cap will be on its way to you very, very shortly. Now, while wrapping up on that Idea 23 competition, moving into our Kibio monthly competition, we've currently got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven out of those nine people, incidentally, uh, have sent in entries about what they would like to see in a keyboard forum so please keep sending them through and i will compile all of that so other people if you're thinking about building a forum or anybody from keep talk who listens to us and hears these ideas and goes you know what keep talk should implement that because that's awesome or type hype or geek hack or anywhere else that has the flexibility to do so then please take that feedback on board because this is the community talking you know this is the feedback because it's something that either they want that they haven't seen or they want but they aren't aware of that already exists so if it does exist let people know this feature actually can be done do it like this or this feature is nested here you know this is how you access it and so on and so forth so there's still what uh next week yeah so next week will be the last week for an episode but the month ends the week after so there's still another a week and a half that you can get entries in as well. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice, so my throat's really hurting. So, um, how about you do a bit more talking this evening, Kevin? <laughs> Deal. Uh, I totally, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been along for the ride. Oh, okay. Not so, I'll pick, the, I'll pick the next topic. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so there is a new Kickstarter for an ergonomic split mechanical keyboard called the Rift. The Rift is a unique split ergonomic keyboard that provides the most durable as well as stylish way to type and game, all at an affordable price. And this project, um, it's at a hefty goal of $100,000, and I don't know if they're going to make it Uh, (laughs) 25 days to go, but they're only at $2,000. Now, now, do you know who these Atom computer people are? Honestly, I have no idea. I never really heard of this. And it's kind of a little bit. uh, So they, they mentioned they have a video and they mentioned that the final version will be better. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, it's, I just, I don't think there's enough information to, there's really like no information is the problem. But it, I was thinking they could just be doing this to get the word out a little bit about their keyboard. So just as marketing, really. So do you think they would be more successful if this was more heavily promoted across the actual various forums yeah and i don't know i really don't know what who this is so i I was just having a look at their profile there and they've actually done two previous successful 
Kickstarter campaigns, but they've all been very low value. We're talking like a couple of thousand dollars. So leaping from from a couple of thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars is a heck of a jump. Yeah. But what I want to know is what is so different or amazing about the Rift versus existing split keyboards? I don't know, but I think that they should tell us if, if as I don't know, as the next step. I think that they should work on that. Because, <laughs> you know, having a look at the, the pictures, uh, it looks like it goes off maybe like a, a Teensy 2++ for the, for the actual driver, rather the microcontroller, because it looks to have a lot more pins compared to, say, a Teensy uh, 2. And the thumb cluster is quite lacking in that it's only got a single thumb switch, and it's not even a larger than one U switch. It's just a straight up one U. Uh, it is a ergo stagger, well ergo uh, columnar, yeah, uh, style in that it's 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 straight columns but slightly staggered rows. Um, and what what is even weirder about this is. It's actually split halves. So you know how most split keyboards talk to each half? Mm-hmm. Did you notice? You need two USB cables for this. Hmm. What keyboard did I have that that did that? I had another keyboard that... Oh, it was the... Um, I had to do that same thing for the Mistel Barocco because... They weren't able to communicate with each other linked together for some reason with like the, it wasn't a TRRS cable, but it was like but, that, a, but that's not a design intent though, right? Um, no, I think it just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is why it's so weird because they're actually technically not a split keyboard. It's two one-handed Dude, rip rip usb ports <laughs> that's that is that is what they really are there is no communication port between the two halves it is straight up two separate keypads flashed with each half your kickstarter options is to buy either a left half a right half or both halves that's... or by dsa milkshake <laughs> So, so you know, look, I mean, it might sound like we're bagging these people out because we don't know who they are and, and the design seems to have some strange oddities to us, right? But at least they're having a go and they are raising, you know, more, I suppose, general awareness of mechanical keyboards. Their choice of Gatoron switches is perfectly fine, but they're only giving you an option of Gatoron blues. So I know that's going to put a lot of people off because they're going to be like, I don't want to have clicky switches. Um, it's interesting because their pictures show bare PCBs on standoffs, but they claim that their final product will actually be encased. So you're not giving people much confidence about what the final product is even going to look like when all your pictures are not even the completed product. I mean, if, if the case is somewhat ready... I can make a case render in like 45 seconds that would be good enough to show what it's going to look like 
even if it's not all to spec and everything, the standoffs aren't there. Uh, it's a little, a little bit of like a lack of effort, maybe. Oh man, you know what's just triggered me a little bit harder. So if you go down and have a look at the pictures when they're showing the two, they're hot swappable microcontrollers, by the way. So you can actually unsocket them for whatever reason that you want to do to unsocket them. But I do retract that I said that the thumb cluster is only a one U. This it's it is a one U, but there's no stabilizers on it. But if you look at the picture, it's about halfway down. Mm-hmm. Have, are you seeing it? Yeah. What have they done with that switch? Mm, what have they got I on it? I don't know. Um, mm, I don't know. It's, Tell me. It's like a one two five, right? Mm-hmm. But look at the angle. How comfortable is that going to be for your thumb to hit it? Um. Well, it, the is it's is it is it actually is it the PCB angled or is that just the keycap slope? No, 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 no. So the picture that says Rift Beta Control Modules, right? If you Rift. put your hands, Rift Beta Control Modules, that picture. Rift Beta. I don't. Know, I don't know which one you're looking at. It's Rift PCB Render. Rift Key Placement Test. Keep first functioning Rift PCB. It goes down past durable, and then there's like the pieces of it spread out, and then the next picture. It says Rift Beta Control Modules. Oh god, I can't. I don't. I don't know specifically which picture you're looking at. It literally has the caption underneath it, Kevin. My, I, I, I can't do this, Don. <laughs> All right, <laughs> this, look. this this is the worst functioning Kickstarter page I've ever seen. I don't know what I'm looking at. All right, I'm gonna put it into the into the Discord. All right, and open it up. Okay, tell me, have a look at those thumb keys. What is wrong with that? Um. Oh, those are bad. Yeah, those are angled upward. That you're you're hitting. Wait, they're they're the. Wait a second. Are they the wrong way? <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so it's not that you're going to be even hitting the hard edge of a. They should be like row. mirrored. They they should be mirrored the other way, right? No, they should have been rotated 90 degrees so that your angle of the thumbs will be actually hitting like the slope and curvature whereas you're hitting straight up and hard edge of that 125 keycap. Like, yeah, so they're like if, if, if you were like rotating them 90 degrees, you should rotate them 90 degrees. If this is like the bottom left of a square, you should rotate them to the top left. It's right. It's it's an absolute mind cluster, like what they've done with this thing. So, but shouldn't shouldn't they be like right now? They're facing like you. They should be facing like away. Like yeah, they should be they should be moved. It's it, all wrong. It's it's really weird. So I don't know if these guys are just like electronics designers, but not actual mechanical keyboard users. Or something like that, or they're just trying to get into the market because they've even got like Fortnite in one of the, the animated gifs that they have, and it's like, oh, just so much cringe in in that they're even trying to use that to to appeal to the particular crowd. But whoever they are, all I can say is, uh, good luck. Follow your dreams. 
<laughs> Days are long. Years are short. And that was... The Rift Keyboard. Next topic. <laughs> yeah, that works really well for closing out topics, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's do this this Wait, okay. little pretty, Be- before... prettier looking interest check. Are you okay with this one? Oh, I'm just going to the... say, because in, in terms of time running, right, we're sort of getting mm-hmm. to the end, so... Uh, which which interest check are you talking about? The twelve, the plus twelve split ergonomic keyboard. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you want to give a quick mention of that, and then we can go one more out of the list, I think. Yeah. Dot dash thirty two is created has created a split ergonomic keyboard. He has a lot of pictures of it. Thousands of possibilities. Um, different options for. Um, so it's like the thumb. Cluster, is that what you would call it? Yep, the thumb cluster. There's different options for the thumb cluster, which is cool because I've never seen that before. Um, it's and He has some great renders of a nice case. Um, if somebody from the Rift team wants to see some good <laughs> keyboard picture renders, and you can read more about it at Geek Hack. I mean, that's pretty much it. If you're interested in a split ergonomic keyboard with potentially a good thumb cluster option for you then you should check it out i think he's put a lot of thought into this and it looks solid so so i do want to expand a little bit more about that in that there's 20 different options available to you and you're probably thinking about what how do you get 20 different options and it's because if you read into how it's been designed they have snap-off points. So if you look at the actual thumb cluster, it has lines drawn in it where you can actually score and snap parts of the thumb cluster to reduce the actual number of thumb cluster keys. And the main board can be either a six-column or a five-column design. So if you're still looking at that picture, Kevin, the, Mm -hmm. the far right column of the main board Mm -hmm. you'll see there's a solid line that runs from under the a of the mainland down i see it john that's the scoring line so you can actually score that and snap it off if you don't want that extra sixth column that your pinky would access and it would turn into a five Um, and then if you look at each of the actual thumb clusters you'll notice that on baja california the end row has a single score line between the uh, those uh, jumper points, whereas on the Aleutian, it's actually got one, two, it's got three score lines on it, so you can actually drop off any of the last three keys on the right, and on the Panama Canal, it's actually snappable as well for the last three. So it's really interesting that if you don't want to have to fan out or spread your thumb as far across at the different angles that these three thumb clusters allow and you want to tuck it in and keep it nice and tight you can just simply design it that way you can choose to score and snap and mount those pcbs using the ribbon header pins that he's designed for it which is really cool to build it to whatever is your comfort level of course you might have to tweak your case options a little bit but uh i think it's really cool 
Yeah, it's new. It's like we haven't seen this before. We've seen like snap off one key for split keyboard. It's like the, the B key. and the Y. <laughs> Maybe not even the Y, but I wish they included the Y because I always hit the Y with the opposite hand. Yeah, and you know, like I can't wait to see when this actually launches because even though I can't use ortho column or ortho linear, I'm, I'm just too much of an old dog with you know standard stagger. I would still love to be able to see one of these in person and build it because I think it's really cool. So uh, for, instead of stagger, he meant swagger. <laughs> so yeah, awesome work. Uh, can't wait to see the uh, the plus twelve happen. <laughs> All right, yeah, good work. Um, do we do it? Do we do one more? Final, final topic. Let's go. All right, I'll. I I want you to pick the last topic. I'll, I can spearhead it though. I know which one you want to talk about, right? I mean, I mean, I, I want to talk about a lot, but maybe we'll just. You it, you really want to talk about this one, don't you? Um. No. Come on. Yeah, I, I like that one and then also the Expectro information. <laughs> well, okay. You pick. Because you're keen on both. Okay. Um, Let's talk about the Expectro stuff. All right. Go for it. It's, I think it's a little bit more substantial. It's a little bit bigger of a deal <laughs> than two people fighting. <laughs> so, Dave from... MetKeys CA, is that the website? Yes, MetKeys Canada. He He's the guy who runs that site. He's done a few pretty cool group buys before. I've messaged him a lot. He's a nice dude. And he's really into making his small keyboard business a success. So he created a group buy for a keyboard called the eSpectro, which is a 96-key keyboard, similar to hmm, all of the... Like the Kira... 96 key keyboard and the red scarf 96s those big blocks of keys and his one is a really cool apple style design that's kind of like if if apple made a 96 key i think it would be something like this and it's um like it has a thin bezel that's it's um filleted all the way down so it's just like a big rounded edge all around and it's also like a square footprint. And he's having them made in China. And he's hit some speed bumps. Which, um, so the speed bumps were, uh, the keyboard was supposed to be making progress. And basically, he lost um, contact with the factory because they had to move. The reason why this factory had to move is because they had problems with the Chinese government regarding pollution, I guess. And they had to relocate because of this. And then they kind of ghosted Dave. And so he basically was a little bit nervous because of this. And he started, I guess, like getting his finances. ducks in a row. Yeah, getting his finances in a row to try and give people... Um, trying to give people refunds for it, but he was in the process of trying to do a dispute for the money back, and it would be messy, and it would be a super long journey to try and do that, and he said he was going to have to take loans to pay everybody back, which is like, It was ooh. It was in the order of $30,000 was how much this 
buy was basically going to be running for. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, so... Uh, eventually, he's he has contacts in China, which is good that he has somebody locally, and they hunted down the factory, and they, you know, they they said some stuff, and they got the boards going again. So, you know, everybody's happy now. <laughs> so there's a couple of things here as well that I think we should be, I suppose, aware of is that often there are things that are going to be out of group buyers control and this happens quite a lot and people get really really pitchforky there's a certain amount of trust you have to have with a manufacturer and obviously you want to build relationships with them before and that kind of goes back to what i was saying about kumo and the injection plastic company that uh, the van keyboards intends to use for the hub so building off small is is really great but from everything that has come through this company in china that dave was running the Spectro with apparently is one that he's worked with before for other things and so he had no reason to be you know fearful or distrustful and he actually paid a large amount of money up front because they said it was required for them to be able to make this run happen and that's why it was such a big deal when they did ghost him and disappear that he was pretty much fully stressing out and preparing to sell his assets because he knew that financially this was going to completely destroy the business and the trust with the community. And it's a little bit sad that people were charging back on PayPal straight away, which pretty much was causing his PayPal account to lock up because of PayPal's, the way that they deal with chargebacks and disputes, which would have prevented him from being able to refund people anyway. So, you know, I think people have been quite disillusioned with buys gone wrong and previous scammers and things like that that they quite often are very trigger happy on the the chargeback the claim back uh, on paypal they can be rightly so because you know once you get past a certain point in the buy you lose all of that power once you get past a certain what is it like 45 days or 180 days or whatever you no longer have the ability to get your finances back through paypal's mechanisms what does that say kevin like should we be looking at how can the community improve the way that group buys are run so that even when things go wrong, the community aren't going to jump down people's throats as well as potentially destroy the financial reputation of people? Like, should we be trying to develop and, and implement like an ISO <laughs> standard for how group buys should be run? Dude, I don't know. It's... But do you, I think customers do you know what I need mean? to realize that none of us know what we're doing with these group buys, and you're putting yourself at risk. <laughs> and I think the group buy runners need to realize that they don't know what they're doing, and they're putting people's money at risk. Yeah, and, and I guess you're right, and and that's why Mastrop has been quite successful because they take on a lot of that risk, you know. And uh, same with Kickstarter, in that well there's certain amounts of risk that are taken and until funding is actually completely met, you know, things aren't going to go ahead and stuff like that. So there are certain accountabilities that I think our group buyers in our community should be thinking about, should be considering as well as hard deadlines for particular events. 
So, you know, things should be taken up to a certain point on faith. And then after that, there should be, you know, accountable, transparent, evidentiary activities and audible activities and things like that. So that if something does go wrong, people will have means to, to recover finances or at least, you know, have something else. So, yeah. Well, I do hope everyone gets what they, they paid for. It seems like that, you know, the factory is going to be up and running and providing Expectro soon. And they're not wrong in calling it the uh, the roller coaster. So, <laughs> just, I suppose, everyone strap in and, and have a good ride. Yeah. Do you think a mountain lion or a leopard would win? I would say the leopard. Because the leopard's I'm pretty sure that faster. the scientific consensus is that the mountain lion has like a lot of weight on the leopard. Yeah, but weight, you know, I think the the leopard's probably got the speed and agility. Like, if you've seen how leopards move and the ability that they have to throw their tails around to change their momentum and direction, it could probably uh, run circles around the mountain lion. All right, well, let us know. <laughs> I really want to know. Where the heck did that come from? I gotta know, Don. <laughs> From roller coasters to uh, King of the Savannah. <laughs> or jungle, as it were. Yeah, yeah I think they're jungle. Oh, okay. dear. Is that it for this week? I guess so. I think my daughter's beaten on the door because she's about to go to bed and she wants to say goodnight or something. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for another entertaining episode with uh keyboards and, and other things kevin much appreciated certainly has uh, brightened my my evening <clears throat> i do apologize for being a bit croaky and what what not um any last words for this week before we wrap up um my money's on the mountain lion <laughs> all right yeah, i'm pretty sure okay well, there's only one way to know. We have to put two of them together in a in an yeah. environment that they can be at their best. Yeah, we're if all right. This is like a vote thing. If, if you send us a message and we'll compile the votes. This is not for a competition. <laughs> you don't get anything. Oh dear. Oh dear. All right. Well, if you'd like to say your goodbyes. All right. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye, and I'll see you next week. Sorry for bumping the mic just then, but uh, yep. So thanks everyone for checking in on another episode of the board podcast. And of course, as usual, until next time, happy clacking.